There's a risk of sorts in our readings this morning. Every year when the fourth Sunday of Easter rolls around, we hear about Jesus, the Good Shepherd. We recite the 23rd Psalm. We sing one of the great hymns that paraphrase that psalm, and it's all very sweet. Jesus is the shepherd, we are the sheep. It conjures up bucolic images of green hills and fluffy animals, of the title credits to the Vicar of Dibley, of robed choristers walking in procession to an English cathedral. Every time we revisit these beautiful passages of Scripture, this enduring theme in our faith that Jesus is our shepherd, well, there's that same risk, that same risk that's present in the manger at Christmas or in the more sanitized images of Easter with its lilies and garden. It's the risk or perhaps the temptation to turn this image into a theme park attraction into the latest addition to Disney World, Good Shepherd Land. Life in Good Shepherd Land goes something like this. The world's pretty scary, and you're really anxious, but it's all okay, because for 20 minutes you can close your eyes, hear some pretty music, and think about a nice man with a shepherd's crook who helps you find some sunshine and water. There are real problems, both outside and in your own life, but just forget them, it'll all turn out okay. Now I exaggerate here, but perhaps we shouldn't be too hard on the critics of our faith for appealing to such imagery as one more reason why Christians are out of touch with the world around them, content with the numbing opiate of poetry and make-believe, because, well, that's so often what we've made it ourselves. These stories, the image of Jesus as the Good Shepherd, they can become so familiar, so picture book, that they lose their power or their ability to help us think straight about God. And we need to listen carefully to avoid this trap. Actually, none of our readings this morning was very bucolic. And did you catch that twist, that twist in the seventh chapter of the book of Revelation? In Revelation, a disciple named John has a vision of heaven. And in the middle of it all, there's a lamb, a lamb that was slain, sacrificed, and yet stands upright and is alive. And the great multitude of heaven sings to the Lamb. John is told, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night. And then the twist. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. 
In the Revelation to John, the good shepherd metaphor is turned inside out. The shepherd is the lamb. And the lamb, the lamb that was slain, is the shepherd. Here there is no green grass, no fluffy sheep. Here there is no picture book shepherd. Here is a shepherd who offers himself like a lamb to be slaughtered. Here there are no hallmark greetings, but only costly, sacrificial love. A lamb whose blood makes robes whiter than snow. A shepherd who lays down his life for the flock. Friends, it has been a hard week. It has been a chaotic week. The fabric of our country is being riven once again by intense moral and political debate. Wars are raging, and not just in Europe. Fires are burning. Many of our neighbors are still contracting COVID-19, including this week our bishop. It would be reasonable for anyone to reach for the numbing drug of the Good Shepherd and his sunny pasture in a time like this. But the Good Shepherd doesn't numb us. The Good Shepherd doesn't whisk us away from danger to the clouds. Instead, the Good Shepherd leaps into the chaos where we live and lays down his life for us, puts himself like a sacrificial lamb right between us and that which seeks to harm us. You see, the Good Shepherd doesn't just make us feel good. The Good Shepherd saves our lives. If Easter is just a nice 2,000-year-old story to make us smile when we're having a bad day or to distract us from the news, we've lost the point. Because the Great Shepherd of the sheep was not content to sit on the sidelines, because the shepherd became the lamb that was slain, and because that lamb is risen, then all the real forces of wickedness in this world, well, they are real, but they will not prevail. In the valley of the shadow of death, we are not alone. The shepherd who leapt into the chaos that shepherd walks right by our side, and he will bring us out again on the other side to good pasture. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night in his temple, and the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more, 
The sun will not strike them, nor any scorching heat, for the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Beloved in Christ, war will come to an end. Death will come to an end. Poverty and injustice and the brutalities of this life, they will come to an end. This is what we hope for. This is what an Easter faith hopes for. Not to be numbed, but to live in the pastures of the Good Shepherd who walks by our side even in the chaos and who will bring us to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.